Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, I'm Joey Wright, and welcome to Extra Prep, the News Gazette's weekly high school sports podcast. Unity Rockets football is no stranger to playoff success, and this season has been no different. The Rockets will play Williamsville on Saturday for a chance to advance to the 2022 IHSA Class 3A State Championship game. The Rockets played that game last season. They've played in that game six times overall as a program, and they are excited for their prospects, rightfully so, this weekend. Scott Hamilton, the longtime Rockets football coach, joined me and sports editor Matt Daniels, as well as two standouts, Dylan Moore and Taylor Warfel. And we talked about how the season's gone so far and their expectations for this weekend and beyond. It's all coming up on Extra Prep, the News Gazette's weekly high school sports podcast. More coming up from Unity High School after this. Lauren Tate, Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Colin Likas, and Bob Osmussen drive the definitive Illini Sports portal, IlliniHQ.com. Your place for nonstop Illini coverage as it happens. All day, all night, all weekend. Your access to unparalleled Illini coverage is so easy at just over a dime a day. All of this for only $3.99 per month. Go to news-gazette.com now, click on the word subscribe, and get the instant Illini information anytime. Go Illini! Hello and welcome to another episode of Extra Prep, the News Gazette's weekly high school sports podcast. I'm Joey Wright with sports editor Matt Daniels. We are in another conference room, (laughs) this time in the office at Unity High School. It's November 17th, and that means it's still football season here in (laughs) Tolono. The Rockets uh, once again on another run through the IHSA Class 3A playoffs. Matt, a big one in the semifinals this week at Williamsville, Saturday at 2 o'clock. Yeah, Joey, as you and I were were driving down here, it it just never ceases to amaze me just how much success this this Unity football program has. You know, as you make your way down uh, Route 45 from Champaign, you're just surrounded by acres and hundreds of acres of farmland and as we sit here in this conference room, you gaze to the north and you see vast acres of, of farmland. To the south of us, though, is a mecca of area high school football stadiums in Hicks Field here. And uh, it's just Unity football is by far the most consistent, winning, successful program that we have in our area. And, and it's shining through once again this season that the Rockets are 11 and 1 won 11 straight games after a week one loss at, at Prairie Central and uh, only one went away from getting back to another Class 3A state title game for the second straight season to be the seventh in school history all under Scott Hamilton's watch the the area's longest tenured coach and, and Hall of Fame coach is just at it again this uh, this season there there's no let up for these Rockets and uh, it's just uh I'm sure some folks around the area, some opposing players, some teams kind of look at en- unity with some envy, but I think you just have to look at it too with just a, a dose of respect for, for what they've been able to accomplish and, and what they're still accomplishing this fall. And 
they're only two wins away from a, a state title, and they're the only uh, high school football team in our area that, that's still playing for a shot to, to get to Memorial Stadium in Champaign. So just uh, tip of the hat to, to what uh, the Rockets are accomplishing. I think what's most impressive to me is that uh, when you know we go back to week one, week two, I can say I, I might not have expected Unity to make it this far. You know, week one, they take a big uh, loss mm-hmm. to Prairie Central, and even before that, you know, there's – there's talk of well, is Unity down a little mm-hmm. bit? Can they do it again? And well, they sure have done it again. <laughs> and um, you know, win, lose, or draw this week uh, against Williamsville, it's going to go down as another great season. And it should just be a classic game on on Saturday in, in Sangamon County. Williamsville is probably in the Springfield area. What Unity is here in the Champaign area, and just a consistent model uh, high school football program. These teams have met before in the playoffs. They met last fall or last November here. In the state quarterfinals, Unity winning 28-7. to uh, I was at Paul Jenkins Field in Williamsville a decade ago in 2012 when Unity pulled out a 10-7 win on a very, very, very windy uh, afternoon at Williamsville uh, on a late set, late field goal, actually. Uh, but, yeah, they just they find a way to win. Uh, last Saturday in Fairbury, I was there. It was just with their defense. They, they shut out Prairie Central, a, a team with a – a prolific triple, triple option wing T offense that uh, no one had been able to stop this entire season. And what do the Rockets go out and do? They they shut them out, uh, and they do it with a bunch of guys. They've got some name players, you know, Brock Sitting at linebacker, Nick Nosler at defensive end. But it's just kind of a bunch of, and we'll get into it later with uh, with Scott Hamilton and his players here. But it's just a bunch of no frill guys that stealing a bill belichick quote they just do their job and and they do it well and it's just mighty impressive it sure is and we'll dive into uh, how the rockets have accomplished that here now on extra prep we'll take a quick break and come back with unity head coach scott hamilton and two seniors taylor warfel and dylan moore both have been active for unity this season especially in the offense and uh, we'll get the lowdown After this, you're listening to Extra Prep, the News Gazette's weekly high school sports podcast. Lauren Tate, Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Colin Likas, and Bob Oskison drive the definitive Illini sports portal, IlliniHQ.com. Your place for nonstop Illini coverage as it happens, all day, all night, all weekend. Your access to unparalleled Illini coverage is so easy at just over a dime a day. All of this for only $3.99 per month. Go to news-gazette.com now, click on the word subscribe, and get the instant Illini information anytime. Go Illini! And welcome back to Extra Prep, the News Gazette's weekly high school sports podcast. Pleased to be joined now in a conference room at Unity High School by a very talented duo of Unity football players, seniors Taylor Warfel and Dylan Moore. Head coach Scott Hamilton is with us as well. Uh, Dylan and Taylor, I know you guys are missing either class or lunch right now, so uh, thank you for joining us. Yep, thank you for having us. For sure, and... Um, Unity back uh, in the state semifinals again, Class 3A semifinal against Williamsville this week. We'll start broad. Uh, Dylan, you've got the mic. We'll, we'll keep it with you. How are you feeling, and um, how are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling ready to go. I uh, am super excited to be a part of this team, and uh, I think that we expect to be in the state title game next week. But, uh, you know, cold practices, just got to battle through that and continue to stay focused, you know. Taylor, what's the vibe like around the the hallways of the school right now? I'm sure a lot of kids are are eager for Thanksgiving break coming up as well, but uh, it just seems a rite of passage that the Rockets are are where they are at now in in the football playoffs. Yeah, I think about everyone's really excited right now. You know, we have a chance uh, 
go back to back in state and possibly win our first state championship game. So people are pretty hyped about that. Understandably so. And and, and what's it like to um, to play in a playoff atmosphere, whether it's uh, at home or uh, on the road last week in Fairbury taking on Prairie Central? Um, you know, what's that like? I, I know you guys, uh, you know, like to take it one week at a time and, and keep a very uh, narrow view of what's in front of you. But I've got to imagine that as a player, uh, something's got to change, right, knowing everything's on the line and seeing not only all of uh, Tolono and the surrounding communities, but these other communities travel well or come out. Uh, just just take me inside that as a player. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty nerve-wracking, I'd say, before the game. But when the game starts playing, you know, you settle in, you don't think about that stuff. And then we have a big crowd and everything, so that really helps you get through it. Dylan, what, uh, what's been the key for you guys this season? Obviously, you lost a lot from, from last year, but had a lot coming back, particularly on defense as well. You guys started off with a tough loss in, in week one at Prairie Central up in Fairbury and haven't lost since. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's kind of been the what's been the turnaround for you guys? Why, why are you guys just where you guys are usually at this time of year? Um, I think that the the biggest change that we made after week one is a lot of a lot of players who weren't really hundred percent focused because we expected to win every game. They they really dialed it up and dialed it in and focused on watching film and doing all the little things to uh, to make sure they were ready to play on Fridays. And I, I think that's. Uh, benefited our team quite a bit coach Hamilton will go over to you uh, the defense has played really well last couple of weeks it's been a storyline all throughout the playoffs what have you seen from that group um, last week going to Fairbury and shutting out a Prairie Central team that was averaging about 50 points a game yeah it's um, you know that they've come a long way we've we've gotten healthy on that side of the ball first of all um, you know, we started off the season with, uh, you know, one of our defensive ends, Nossler, uh, not being with us to start. We had Medi who was coming off of a knee injury from the summer. Uh, we had one of our linebackers who we moved to D tackle. Um, you know, and so we had, we had a lot of pieces that we had to kind of get worked in and we went up there and they had all kinds of experience coming back and, you know, where, where they were really, really good. We were just really inexperienced and, um, I shared a I shared a message with our coaches uh, last week. It was the text I sent them on the Saturday morning after the Prairie Central game that said, uh, "It's never as good as you think it is, and it's never as bad either." And we've got a lot of good pieces here to work with, and they've just kept doing all the right things, and you know, kind of, kind of got us to this situation. Is there something in the water in Philo and uh, Tolono and Sedoris and Pasodum that you know every year you guys just are? Are good football players. I mean, what's the secret sauce here, Scott? Well, you know, I think it starts off with uh, kids that want to work and do the right things. And, um, you know, I've said some of this before, but the, um, you know, we, we've got the Matt Browns and we've got the Nick Nosslers and, you know, those guys that have been two and three year starters for us, Langendorf and those guys. But ultimately, I think what's made this team really good is guys like these two guys who um, committed the offseason to doing this. Um, you know, um, Dylan's brother. Um, you know, and some guys who, you know, weren't a major factor in this and who could have just said, you know what, I'm just going to, 
uh, let this ride, enjoy the trip. But no, they, you know, they, they decided that they wanted to be a major factor in all this. And so t- for me, it's, it's been these key role guys, um, that, that have done, the, done great things for us. And, um, it's, it's what's elevated us from being, you know, um, you know, maybe a first or second round playoff team to, you know, still being able to do this, uh, semifinal round. Taylor, we'll go over to you. What, what's it like being a part of that offense? Uh, Scott and I talked about that uh, after the second-round playoff game, I believe it was, uh, or maybe it was for the Will Collins story. You guys have gotten so much coverage, it's hard to keep straight. But uh, you guys have so many guys in this offense that can step up. You know, it seems like three or four wide receivers can get uh, some touches. And then you've got Matt Brown and Kale Rodden. What's it like being a part of such a dynamic group where maybe go in and then you step up in uh, Fairbury? You know, what's it like being part – of that dynamic group where you you never really know who uh, among your teammates is going to step up. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty nice having all our weapons on offense because we can go in a game thinking we're going to pass the ball, and then we'll run the ball for hundreds of yards and vice versa. Uh, it's hard to, like, you can't really just say you're going to stop the run against us because then we will pass the ball. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty nice. Dylan, you guys, um, as we've talked about, Made a run last year. Uh, a lot of guys on this team uh, back from that team that made it to the, the 3A state championship game last year. What does that run do for you guys as you get far into the playoffs again, you know, kind of having that experience to draw on? Um, I think that a lot of guys feel real comfortable in the situation that we're in, being in the semifinal game um, and having a lot of people who've played in one. That, that really uh, calms the nerves and it allows us to stay focused on – practice and keep the uh all the extra stuff like um their fans and everything else just completely silenced it it lets us just play our game dylan what's it like take me back to to last saturday at all what's it like on the bus ride up to fairbury what's it like getting to the school what's it like going through warm-ups getting your Mm -hmm. your mind your body ready for you know what you guys are about to to go go do on on the field on uh on saturday i felt like um we got up and we had breakfast and Philo Tavern. Yes, at the okay. Philo Tavern and uh, biscuits and gravy. Yep. Okay. Yep. And uh, everybody was uh, a little bit nervous. I think you know I talked around and I was asking people how you feeling. Everybody said they felt good. And then we went to we got on the bus and uh, it really started to dial in. Everybody wanted to win that game really bad because we knew that uh, we'd gotten a lot better. But you know you just never know until you're actually there and start playing. And then um, going through warm-ups, I mean, like, it, it felt good to be back. I mean, I think a lot of us really, really wanted that game, and uh, we got it. So it was real nice. What was the bus ride back like? It was uh, – there were some people sore, people tired. <laughs> um, but uh, it was it was a really, really fun experience just to be a part of with uh, some of my best friends, you know. Scott, what's it like for you as a, a play caller, too? Obviously, with football, it starts off in mid-August where it's 90, 95 degrees and – humidity's awful and things like that and then you go to a game like last saturday where you got to put about six layers on and, and you still feel cold and it's probably going to be like that again on saturday Williamsville, how does that affect what you guys want to do offensively yeah we talked about this actually last night at practice that um you know early on we're able to stay really balanced but um you know we know we know from experience that you're going to have to be able to run the ball and be able to handle conditions and you know so even though you're you're playing through those games where um, you can throw the ball and have all that fun and spread it out and you know sling it around you understand what you're preparing for in the end and um, 
you know, so I think we're we're really equipped to play any 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 type of ball. Um, you know, I feel a little bad for our wide receivers. You know, they're probably a little bummed out that they're. Uh, but you know, we had two guys out there uh, last week that were blocking like crazy on the perimeter uh, and sprung some big plays for us. And you know, I got a running back that. Uh, you know, there was two weeks in there where he had four carries one game and five the next, and. Now he's averaging over 30 carries for his last five games, and he thinks it's the greatest thing ever. So, you know, we're uh, we feel very confident that we can do a you know do it both ways, and um, we'll be prepared you know for whatever we we've got to do, and if it's a if it's an option where we can be you know balanced, we'll be balanced, and if uh, if we have to do something different, we'll be able to adjust. I have a similar question for. Taylor and Dylan, you guys can both chime in on this. Uh, it always amazes me about football players when it gets cold, how you guys stay warm. Because you look out and you see guys in short sleeves, or if they're wearing long sleeves, they're pretty thin. You know, How do you guys stay warm? How do you prepare for a game when you know it's going to be 30 degrees outside and cloudy and windy and awful? Yeah, well, uh, my motto for practices and games is cold's a mindset. And uh, Coach Hamilton backed me up. I'm not allowed to wear sleeves at practice because I said that. So we're out in the snow, and I'm out there in no sleeves. But, uh, yeah, you just don't let it get to you. I am the uh, exact opposite. I like to uh, bundle up and uh, make sure I'm nice and warm because I think I play better and can stay more focused when I'm warm. So uh, I think that during games it's real easy because the adrenaline's pumping, and, I mean, that just keeps warmth in you. And a lot of times when it gets cold, really, I mean, I gain more energy just because I'm more amped up, psyched up, you know. That's good. That's good. Best way to stay warm is stay winning. That is true. Uh, Scott, you, you and I have talked about this in the past, too, uh, with the playoff runs you guys have gone on in the past. The state title game, it's always on a Friday. It's always a hectic, chaotic week, schools off, things like that. What is it about a state semifinal week, though, that just kind of – you've got the game at a, a high school field, not like at Memorial Stadium in Champaign or Husky Stadium in DeKalb. Just how – how special is this week just with everything that kind of goes into it at all? Dylan, you can take that in, take that uh, question first. Just with the, the state semifinal game, you know, being at a high school facility, probably three, 4,000 people there. Obviously, you guys want to be playing at Memorial Stadium next Friday, but just the build-up to, you know, what a typical high school football game is like with even more expectations and more pressure. Yeah, um, there's a lot to be playing for, and that's from starts with our parents and uh, a lot, a lot of support for us. And I think it's a, a really awesome atmosphere to be around when you got all eyes on you. And um, there's 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 nothing better than uh, seeing a packed packed field, and especially when you get the chance to play at Memorial Stadium is when that really kicks in that you that you're playing for that and you're playing for playing literally ten ten miles down the road. So um it's it's an awesome feeling to be going over to Williamsville having it at home whatever just uh having a lot of people watching is awesome I imagine it'll feel kind of like a neutral site game on uh on Saturday right you guys will travel well yeah 100 percent you and I have talked in the past Scott just about uh the state 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 title game is always on a Friday it's always a weird week too just because you only have school for a few days and it's hectic chaotic you're playing in a usually huge venue but what is it about kind of a state semifinal Saturday? It kind of also reminds me of, you know, like for basketball season where, you know, the big nights are regional title nights or sectional title nights and you get to state and it's still a cool experience, but it doesn't kind of have that that feel, that energy that you get for, for a state semifinal game. 
Yeah, well, I think, you know, it's kind of the last normal week of the school year when it comes to this stuff. And so, you know, you're around all your buddies all week long. It, it still leads up to, you know, your traditional game day experience and your, your traditional week. And, um, you know, so I, I think that's probably what makes it the most unique. You know, you're still playing at a local venue where there's usually a lot more atmosphere than what you would get at, a, you know, at one of the state finals. Um, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's all about the preparation and, and avoiding distractions. And, um, you know, it's, for me, it's, um, it's a great day. Um, you know, the, uh, you know, Illinois kind of put a little bit of a, a hurt in this a little bit for us with them deciding to be really good these days. Coach B's got them rolling up there. So they're taking some of our fans away, but, uh, you know, that's great. But, um, you know, generally everybody's locked in, you know, our, our, our community that's been so involved, you know, sometimes the weather may keep them away in week one or week two, but they'll be back out for the, you know, the quarters or the semis. So that, that's what makes it kind of unique, I think. Definitely. Taylor, I want to shift gears just a little bit. Um, I know football is the focus right now, rightfully so, but um, in short order, uh, you will focus on the basketball court and playing for, for Matt Reed and company. Rockets are going to be number four in our preseason top ten. Big things expected. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just curious how you manage uh, such a, a short turnaround. Um, you know, right now I think he's got four guys in the gym or something like that at the varsity level, but um, at some point the season's going to end. Obviously you guys hope it's after the, the state title game. Um, how do you lock in and get ready for basketball season just, just immediately? Yeah, football is definitely our main priority right now, but like on Sundays, the day after a game, we probably have four or five players that also play football in there getting shots up every Sunday. And then uh, with it being a quick transition, it's just, you know, we love basketball. So you're just ready to go out there and play. Dylan, when did you know you wanted to be a Unity football player? Um, I knew from as soon as my dad took me to the uh, the 09 state title game. Okay. I was four years old and and. <laughs> It, it was such a surreal experience. I still have memories from that. And then going to the 2012 state title game, mm -hmm. playing with my uh, friends down in the West End Zone, playing <laughs> mini football. I mean, like, it's just always been this dream, you know, mm -hmm. and it's coming true with the semifinal game and hopefully the state title game next week. Is it surreal at all for you? It is indeed surreal, very. Why? Um, I think it's just because that there's been so much that I've worked for to to get myself here through weightlifting and um, speed training, all these little things that I've done to um, prepare myself for this. And I feel like it's paying off to some extent. So uh, it, it definitely feels surreal. This program's obviously gotten to the state title game so many times, a lot of great teams, but still hasn't won that state championship game. What would it mean to be a part of that, that group to be the first? And I, I, don't, I know you guys don't want to get too uh -huh. far ahead of yourselves, yeah. but uh, – um, I think that it would, it would, um, really bring the community together. And, uh, I feel like being a state title champion would be, um, the, the best high school experience I could ever have because, I mean, it's been a dream of mine since I was six years old mm -hmm. to be a state title champion in football. So Taylor, same question to you. When did you know? that you wanted to be a Unity High School football player? It'd probably have to be like the first game I ever went to when I was so young. Okay. And me and my dad were big football fans, so we came to almost every game probably when I was younger. 
And, uh, yeah, you walk out there, you give the players high fives before the games when they're walking in, and it's you just really want to be them. Taylor, what's the best part about the home game here at Hicks Field? Um, I'd have to go with the fans. You know, most games, they're, they're pretty loud out there. It's nice to have them on our back. Gives us some extra momentum. Can you hear the cowbells during the games? Um, when I'm on offense, I don't think I can. <laughs> I'm just too locked in. But when I'm on the sideline, you know, cheering on the defense, I definitely can. All right, quick hitting questions here. Dylan, who's the uh, who's your funniest teammate? Ooh, I'm going to go with um, Will Cowan. Why? Uh, he's he's just a such such a lighthearted soul that uh, he always can bring such a funny moment from and from a serious moment and uh, vice versa. He can really focus when we need to. So who's the most serious teammate? Mm. I'm gonna think. I'm gonna say uh, Mason Perry. Okay. Um, and it's it's not serious in a good way. It's like serious in a bad way to where it's like um, after practice. And we're we're in the locker room getting changed, and we're having a fun time. He's like always a stickler sometimes. <laughs> so, who who does the best uh, Coach Hamilton impression? Mm. I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't. I think uh, Coach Hamilton's a hard man to uh, imitate <laughs> because uh, he's just such a unique character. Fair enough. Who's uh, who's the teammate that's always hosting the post practice or post game hangout? Uh, definitely Kale Rodden, the quarterback. He, uh, his dad makes a lot of bar food for us. So, super yummy. So, uh, Man. head to his house a lot. Best taste in music and worst taste in music. Mm. I'm going to go myself. Best taste in music. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the DJ before games. So, uh, worst taste in music, Mason Perry. He, uh, I don't, I don't know what song he was listening to this morning, but I, I, I started laughing. It was it was terrible. Was it country? Was it? Uh, it rap? was, was it? Um, female pop in in the morning, right before uh, PE. <laughs> uh, Taylor, what's your first uh, first memory of meeting Coach Hamilton, and were you terrified? Um, it was probably a football camp in like fifth or sixth grade, and I was definitely like shaking. <laughs> what's the biggest misconception about him? Um. You know, he seems real serious sometimes, but he, he loves to crack jokes with us and stuff. Dylan, same question to you. What was your first uh, encounter with the man, the myth, the legend? <laughs> Mine was uh, also uh, in a, in our fifth grade uh, youth football camp. Mm-hmm. And um, he's he's kind of like a celebrity when you're that young. I mean, he's still, <laughs> he is, still is. Yeah. But around here, I mean, like he's he's a god when uh, <laughs> when you follow Unity football around and realize that he's he's right there, you know. Who who throws a better ball, uh, Hamilton or Kale Rudd? Ooh. I know he's I know he's been known to wind it up in practice. I'm gonna so. go with Coach Hamilton. Coach he, Hamilton. Uh, yeah, he he needs about six throws to get loose, and then he's he's good to go. Man, well-oiled machine. Well, guys, uh, appreciate the time. Um, please win this week. I, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to jinx you with <laughs> yep. the uh, state championship questions, but uh, yeah, thank you. Well, one more question for you guys. We make uh, picks every week in the paper. I don't know if you guys see those or not. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you guys pay attention to those? Is that is that on the bulletin board here somewhere um, at Unity? Go ahead, Taylor. Definitely say after uh, losing to Prairie Central week one, I think one or two people had us beating St. Joe. One, one person, person. yeah. That was not – yep. we, uh, we made sure we uh, had a 40-point for that one. That's true. Colin got some gear, I think, uh, the other – he was out here a couple of weeks. Dog of the yes, week, he yeah. he was, yep. Yeah. I, I only focus on the uh, picks when they're picking against us. Okay. It kind of just has extra motivation, but uh, – Joey, Joey got out, called out by uh, 
Rockets barstool <laughs> earlier this yep. year. He had BCC beating the Rockets, and you they got they they made him eat his words. Yeah, BCC was a weird team because I mean they won some big games but mm-hmm. lost some easy games, and okay. it was kind of confusing. All right, well we both picked you guys to beat well, thank Williamsville you. This, this Saturday. So there you go. All right. Make it happen now. Make us look good. Yep. I, thank I, you. I, thank I you for having us. I need to catch some people. Absolutely, guys. Uh, Taylor Warfel, Dylan Moore, Scott Hamilton joining us as well. Unity Football, you can catch them this week in Williamsville, 2 o'clock kickoff uh, in the 3A state semifinal. We'll be back for more Allen Extra Prep right after this. Lauren Tate, Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Colin Likas, and Bob Osmussen drive the definitive Alina Sports portal, AlinaHQ.com. Your place for nonstop Alina coverage as it happens. All day, all night, all weekend. Your access to unparalleled Alina coverage is so easy at just over a dime a day. All of this for only $3.99 per month. Go to news-gazette.com now, click on the word subscribe, and get the instant Alina information anytime. Go Alina! Welcome back to Extra Prep. Big thank you to Taylor Warfel and Dylan Moore for taking some time. Scott Hamilton as well. We got Taylor out of foods class, Dylan out of lunch. So uh, I think Taylor said they were making cheesy potatoes today, but uh, they weren't going to be able to eat them. So I guess there's a bummer for yeah, that. There's no guess. fun, no fun yeah, in that. No. Oh, and, well, I took a foods class in high school. We got to eat what we made. So that was, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing here at Unity. but um, Hey, you're just getting back on the good side of people here in yes. Tolono, Joey, after picking against the Rockets for a few weeks. That's right. I well, at least fun. we found out that they pay attention to, to what we pick in the paper. They do, and I've not made that mistake since, I think, the BCC <laughs> game. I've learned to uh, to go with the Rockets. Uh, it, it's what we talked about at the top, though. You know, Unity, that's, uh, that's the mark of a well-coached team is uh, – silencing the doubters you know we were talking before the season well can unity do it again such a great year last year but they lost some key pieces they come out in week one uh, take one on the chin against prairie central but then they (laughs) they haven't lost since Mm -hmm. and they beat prairie central last week to get a measure of revenge so uh, it's a it's a well-coached ball club you'd expect nothing less from a scott hamilton team and uh you know, you don't want to get too ahead of yourself. Again, I'm 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 desperately hoping I didn't jinx the Rockets uh, earlier in the podcast, but you've got to figure they've got a good chance to make it to uh, to the state title game once again. Yeah, they do, uh, and they are only team left in the area after uh, some tough losses uh, last Saturday. Some other area high school football teams uh, in Class Five A. Muhammad Seymour in its dream season came to an end uh, at Morris last Saturday night with a 35-14 uh, road loss for the Bulldogs. Uh, John Adkins' team finishes up 11-1. and uh, Second straight season, they went undefeated in the regular season, won the Apollo Conference, also second straight season. They make it to the quarterfinals, but also second straight season, they lose a state quarterfinal road game against a team that starts with the letter M. So uh, if they go to it next year and they play, say, Mascuda or something in the state quarterfinals, I don't know if John Adkins will have to take a voodoo doll and uh, <laughs> wish or get some sage, uh, just some, some nice smelling salts or something like that. I don't know what's going to take to to get past what's now is uh, a little bit of a hurdle for the Bulldogs, but still doesn't diminish what uh, John Adkins and his team accomplished this, this season. Uh, just rolling through teams pretty much each and every Friday night. Uh, I'd say maybe one of the regular season games. I think it was the game you guys called on, on WHMS for uh, 97.5 for the News Gazette uh, game of the week when they played Quincy Notre Dame in week six. That might have been their only regular season game where they played their starters for the majority of uh, of the entire game. But uh, still, 
they've got a, a high expectations each and every year, and I don't see that diminishing even with a particularly strong senior class graduating uh, this upcoming school year. I, I agree. I think they'll uh, go into the Apollo Conference next season as a, a team to watch. Uh, but, yeah, just uh, just tough. And, you know, Morris – didn't have the, the star power necessarily that Morton had last year where they had a current Western Illinois running back, Seth Glatz, just running wild. But uh, a, a good Morris team. And um, I, I talked with Andy Romine after Tuscola fell to Ridgeview, Lexington. Um, and uh, actually, that was Nate Watson that uh, that said this. I don't want to misquote anyone. But, you know, you can play good football this time of year and mm-hmm. still uh, come up short because you're playing good teams. And, you know, uh, Morris, a little beyond our scope. But mm-hmm. – uh, coming in hot you know uh some some big wins so you can absolutely play good football when you get to november and just not come out on top yeah and uh tuscola uh had that fade happen uh, last saturday they, they hung with ridgeview lexington for most of the first half before the the mustangs pulled away ended up winning 41 to 6 in a class 1a state semi or state quarterfinal game in, in colfax uh warriors obviously just like unity one of our area's most consistent programs over the years, over the decades. Um, still probably not one of the most talented Tuscola teams they've had in quite some time, but still were able to make it to the state quarterfinals. They've got a number of key pieces coming back for next season, so expectations should remain high for Tuscola. And then in eight-man football, uh, St. Thomas Moore, kind of their Cinderella run, I guess you could say, through the, the eight-man state playoffs came to an end in Amboy uh, last Saturday with a 54-22 loss. Um, but, and we've had the Sabres on this podcast earlier this, this school year a couple weeks ago, the future's still bright for STM football, uh, even at the eight-man ranks. They only had one senior this year, although it was a big, big-time senior contributor and quarterback. Uh, Matt DeLorenzo uh, was a key cog on, on their offense and also a key contributor on defense for them. But he's the only senior in Nate Watson's program, so they've got uh, a bunch of key guys coming back: Peace Boomba, Ben Horn, Robbie Vavrick, among others, that uh, that saw how far uh, the Sabers could go in the playoffs this year, and I'm sure next season it might be state title or bust for for those guys. Yeah, the Sabers will be a team to watch in the Eight Man Association next year. And uh, going back to that Tuscola game, uh, Andy Romine. He was adamant that his team did not play its best football. They turned the ball over, in fact, five mm-hmm. times against Ridgeview Lexington, but um, was very complimentary of the way, as you mentioned, that team kind of silenced some doubters. You know, he he said this senior class has kind of been written off and um, wasn't expected to do a whole lot. Of course, they had a, a crazy season last year, some COVID outbreaks costing them a chance to play in the postseason. But now they come back, and uh, even though Tuscola falls short, in the quarterfinals, still a, a very good year, and uh, good to see that program back on track. Yeah, exactly, and uh, it's a shame they're not in, in the state semifinals, and uh, we've talked a lot about Unity being the only team in our coverage area that's still in the, in the state semifinals. If they're able to get past Williamsville on Saturday, they will play either Icy Catholic or Byron for a state title game. Uh, daunting task for whoever emerges on Saturday in Sangamon County. I see Catholics, a uh, powerhouse. Byron's the defending 3A state champion, so uh, they'll have their work cut out for them uh, Thanksgiving week. But, Joey, are there any other semifinal games? To me, and this is why I asked Scott Hamilton this question, yes, the state title games, especially when they're here in Champaign, not in DeKalb. I think they had some, some luster being played at Memorial Stadium. No offense to Husky Stadium. It's just not on the it's not on the same level uh, as, as Memorial Stadium, but uh, the state semifinal week is just such a, 
I think it's just there's something in the air about it just because normal school week you don't have think you don't have the Thanksgiving holiday to kind of break up that routine and it is played at the school's site so it gets that true high school football feel but are there some other state semifinal games around the state that you're kind of uh, keeping an eye on uh, this weekend at all the, the the one I'm dialed in on is is Morris and Peoria at the 5A level and I thought that if Muhammad Seymour was able to beat Morris Peoria would have been a very tough matchup for the Bulldogs that is a that is a good Peoria team head coach Tim Thornton has done uh, great things at Peoria 2016 state champions and uh, they've got a, a really talented player in Malachi Washington under center he always seems to find a way uh, that's a Peoria team that did not get the season off on the best foot against uh, Metamora uh, they got the win but that game was shortened there were some mm-hmm. fights in the stands mm-hmm. kind of got ugly there uh, but the team did a great job of kind of blocking all that out continuing to take care of business that is a a high character roster Uh, a lot of great guys that that play for the lions testament to what thornton's done as a head coach and um, it it looked like there might have been a a crack in the armor when they played normal west in in week eight Mm -hmm. and uh, normal west uh, big win it was i think 30 to 6 Mm -hmm. was the uh, the final score there normal west was a good team this year but um, the the lions stayed the course got right back on track and that offense can put up points but I think they've got a better defense than they've uh, had in years past so um, I know a little bit more about them than I do Morris but Morris took down Muhammad Seymour mm-hmm. you know the the cult of personality surrounding the Bulldogs <laughs> uh, uh, previously 11 and 1 so they'll be energized uh, that game's at Peoria it's going to be cold at uh, the old stadium on War Memorial Drive but uh, should be a good one yeah, one uh, one I'm looking forward to is actually the only Friday night state semifinal game. Uh, it makes sense that it's on on Friday night, and it's the the another version of the Leonard Bowl uh, in Springfield. Rochester uh, takes on Sacred Heart Griffin. Uh, a lot of significance uh, always when those two teams meet up with uh, with Ken Leonard, the the. I don't know how you describe him, just the one of the state's all-time greatest high school football coaches probably uh, at SHG, and then his son Derek, who is up there too among the state's all-time greatest high school football coaches of what he's accomplished at Rochester. Uh, they go go at each other again, uh, but what makes it even more special is this will be the last one. Ken Leonard's retiring uh, after this season, and I uh, have to imagine there being an overflow crowd at, at SHG. Uh, really nice facility out there. I've I've had the chance to uh, be there a few times, and uh, both Leonard's just uh, just live and breathe high school football. Um, it should be an emotional night, no matter who wins. One team's going to end up playing for a state title, and the other season ends. But uh, just the family connections uh, that they have, and I'm sure Thanksgiving dinner for the Leonard household will be uh, extra special. Uh, this Friday, whoever loses is hopefully talking to the the winner by then, and I'm sure they will. And they'll be out here um, next Friday night in in Champaign County with the the 4A state title game at 7 p.m. But uh, another storyline too, and in, in Class 6A, uh, East St. Louis has yet to give up a point, uh, and it's it's March to to possibly get another state title to its trophy case. Remember last year they lost the 6A state title. It was a stunning uh, upset loss. Uh, Kerry Grove ended up taking them out into DeKalb, and uh, East St. Louis makes a trip up to the, the south suburbs of Chicago to play at Lamont in, in a state semifinal game. Lamont's going to have its hands full, as we'll soon find out, because East St. Louis has just dominated every uh, Illinois high school team they've played so far this season. They do have two losses, though. They're both the out-of-state teams. But we'll see if Darren Sunkett and his Flyers can keep the, the train right on rolling to, to Champaign next week. And um, it's also kind of a 
bittersweet time too, I think as well. Uh, high school football is, is ending. Uh, the state title games are next Friday and Saturday in Champaign. And by all indications, and I'm just trying to kind of read between the lines here. I know uh, the DIA and I know Visit Champaign County. They they want to put a bid. They are going to. Put, they have put a bid out to to host the IHSA state football title games uh, in in uh, the even years to keep kind of that tradition that's been going on between Champaign and DeKalb. But all indications are that it's going to be moving away from Champaign and not coming back because the IHSA, when they put out their, their bid for proposal, they want one permanent venue for five years uh, from 2023 to 2027. And Champaign hasn't been able to do that ever since the Big Ten expanded to nine conference games. And they've had this partnership with the Cal where they have every other year. But um, I think you're this might be the last state title games in Champaign for, for quite some time. And it's also the first ones back here in Champaign since 2018. They're supposed to host in 2020. And obviously that season got derailed by the pandemic. And uh, now they've got another shot and uh, should be a fun f- two days of, of football at uh, one of the state's iconic football venues. But uh, again, don't know when the next time it might be coming back to Champaign after this year. Yeah. And, and, and two things on that, the first of which, again, we don't know where it's going to land uh could wind up back in Champaign, probably won't by all indications. At least Champaign will get some sort of send-off, though, that uh, Peoria did not get mm-hmm, with the, exactly. uh, the boys' basketball state tournament. Um, and then uh, just uh, in my own personal opinion, I would hope that if it goes anywhere, uh, I think Illinois State would yes. be a great venue for I, it. You and, and I, I are of the same mindset for that. that so. It's a, a perfectly sized venue. I mm-hmm. think you could get a good crowd in there. and. Uh, centrally located relatively so i I think that would be that'd be the best case as i clear my throat that'd be the best case scenario uh i think for uh fans across the state not too far from champagne and uh you know a fair drive for everyone yeah and 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 hancock stadium hosted the state finals for a number of years Uh, i believe it moved to champagne in 1999 and and at that time it was because illinois state football was kind of going through a resurgence and uh, after decades of mediocrity and subpar football, they they made it back into the at the time the one double A playoffs now the FCS. So they wanted the ability to host uh, playoff games, which makes sense. Um, but now the fact that they've renovated Hancock Stadium in the last five or six years, uh, like you said, the size of the venue, I think the location of it, I think makes perfect sense. It's smack dab in the middle of the state. It, it's not a bad drive for teams north of I-80 or the Chicago suburbs. It's not a bad drive for teams from, from southern Illinois. You know, you think teams that have had to make the drive from way down near Carbondale, DeCoin area, things like that, all the way to DeKalb, that's a five, six-hour haul, and, th- and that hits into attendance as well. And uh, obviously Memorial Stadium uh, is 60,670, so you're not going to get that intimate feel that you get. Uh, although it was really impressive in, in 2018 when Monticello won a Class 3A state title, they basically filled up the entire lower part of the west side stands at Memorial Stadium. Might have outdrawn what Illinois Northwestern typically uh, has for attendance uh, when, when Illinois is hosting the Wildcats, but it, it's just too big of a venue. Uh, it's an impressive venue. It's got a ton of history. Some of the legends of the game have played there. It's nice for us. It's right in our backyard. Normal's not that far away to Calves, a bit of a haul for a lot of teams uh, throughout the state that are, again, south of I-80. And, again, like I mentioned earlier, Husky Stadium, it's a fine football stadium, but it doesn't give you that wow factor that you're playing for a, a state title. And I think Redbird, or I think, excuse me, Hancock Stadium certainly does that, and I just think there's there's too many pros for why it should wind up in Normal. Uh, and if it doesn't, then I think that'll be a, a huge surprise as well. 
I absolutely agree. No, and I think uh, Champagne does a great job, and we'll mm-hmm. do a great job with the uh, the Boys State tournament. Uh, there's a chance you could fill or get close to filling up State Farm yeah. Center for a really uh, uh, enticing state matchup. You're just not going to put sixty thousand. No, and and, and and with Hancock Stadium too, if, if you get a really high profile game, you have a chance of filling up Hancock Absolutely. Stadium oh, yeah. for a state 100%. title game. And I think that would just be that would add to the the atmosphere. Because like what I was kind of hitting hinting earlier at with some of the questions to Scott Hamilton, his players, is you go from such an electrically charged, huge adrenaline, you know hair stands up on your arms atmosphere at a high school semifinal game or quarterfinal game where there's three, four, five thousand people there. And again, there might be five, six, seven, eight thousand people at the state title game at Memorial Stadium, but it doesn't feel that way. No. Because it's such a huge venue. Well and then you factor in that uh, you know, that weekend it's central Illinois in late November, you can usually count on it being cold and yes. gray and just uh, you know, generally depressing. Miserable. Yes. So that doesn't help matters any. Um, so yeah, we'll see where it we'll see where it winds up. That'll be an interesting uh, conversation. And then we talk about basketball too, mm-hmm. allude to uh, some some state tournament uh, play there. You know, the boys obviously play in Champaign, the girls play at Illinois State, uh, it is basketball season. Yeah, you've been uh, girls season tipped off uh, on Monday. Joey, I know we record this on a Thursday afternoon. You'll be doing some Facebook Live broadcast tonight at the Toyota of Danville Turkey Tournament at St. Joseph Ogden uh, High School. There's a doubleheader uh, on the call tonight, Tri-County against Centennial at 6 p.m. and then Muhammad Seymour against uh, the host Spartans at, at 7.30. I'm sure you're looking forward to that and you've been previewing our our top 10 teams uh, for the better part of almost two weeks now uh, we finished up the girls uh, last Sunday and uh, the boys are, are rolling through this week right now yeah and uh, you know just speaking on the girls side a um, lot, lot of lot of second year head coaches uh, I feel like <laughs> like half the teams I it's either either the coaches have been there forever or they're in their second season uh, or third but yeah just St. Joseph Ogden looking really good Mohamed Seymour uh, is as well in St. Thomas Moore. Tri-County, too. Tri-County. Had a big we'll, win we'll against St. Joe yeah. uh, earlier this week. Yeah. Uh, our number one, they knocked off our number one team. Well, luckily, Tri-County was in our preseason top ten, so maybe Joe Morrissey and the Titans uh, <laughs> paid attention to what we did. That's right. That's right. A little bulletin board material. Um, that is uh, Tri-County's been a great program for a while. Have, though. That uh, I don't yes. think anyone would look at that loss and no, say. it's not a bad <laughs> loss at all. Um Absolutely. And then well, on the boys' side, you know, where you as Unity uh, talking with Matt Reed, it's Thursday, November 17th as we record this. I'll talk with him today at 2 o'clock. They'll be, uh, they'll be number four in our mm-hmm. top ten right uh, right between Montes- Tuscola at number five Central, and Central. Yeah. yeah, Prairie Central number three. We won't give away the top two. Those will be in the pages of the News Gazette later this week. But the Iroquois Westman's in there, Monticello number six, uh, coming off a state runner-up, although – the Sages lost a ton from last year's team that came oh so close to winning a, a Class 2A state title at, at State Farm Center. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's a busy time of year, uh, as always, on the high school scene. But uh, football season's wrapping up. But uh, before we know it, we're going to be, uh, you know, sitting courtside above, up above the bleachers. Student sections are going to be out in full force. You're going to see right. some, some high-intensity basketball, and uh, we'll be right into the mix of it. When the weather turns bad, it's going to heat up in, in local gymnasiums throughout the area. Absolutely. It's a, it's a great time of year for high school sports in our area and around the state. Won't give away who's number uh, one and two in our boys' top ten, but I will uh, tease as we wrap things up here. Uh, one of those programs will be on Extra Prep next week. They so will. You're right. Special uh, Thanksgiving week episode. 
That's right. That's right. Featuring a uh, Division One. Okay, let's uh, not get too so far. Let's not let's not yeah. give too much okay, away. There we but, go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll we'll wrap a, we'll put a bow on this episode of Extra Prep uh, with that. So stay tuned next week. But for now, a uh, big thank you again to uh, Unity. Uh, football head coach and athletic director Scott Hamilton for helping us set this up. Dylan Moore and Taylor Warfel joining us as well. I'm Joey Wright with News Gazette sports editor Matt Daniels. This has been another episode of Extra Prep, the News Gazette's weekly high school sports podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your day.